Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 114 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this episode on a lovely Monday. I'm your host, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And uh, we always like to issue a spoiler alert, so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. your spoiler alert. And now let's talk about this week's film. Real quick, I'm going to interject. Please hit that like, follow, leave a review, follow us on Instagram. We love all those good things. Back to Lee. All right, yeah. Uh, yes, we're going to talk about this week's film, which was chosen by me. Uh, this week, we watched Interstellar, uh, which came out in 2014 and is directed by one Christopher Nolan, who uh, is probably the most popular working filmmaker today. Yeah, he just keeps making movies. Uh, and it's, you know, his movies have all have all been hits. And Is he the one who did the time travel movie we saw at the beginning of 2021? Tenet? Yeah. Yes, he did that. That wasn't successful. Well, yeah, that was just because that was released at a pretty unfortunate time. And honestly. It's not that great of a movie. It's probably his weakest. I think so, because it was just so weird for weird's sake. Like and it was all, yeah, it was very it was very Christopher Nolan. Let's yeah. just say that. It like kind of re- he relied a little too much on all of his clichés with that one. Yeah. I mean, we saw it because we support <laughs> theaters in this podcast. Mhm. Whenever we can. Um I just remember the sound design of that movie being horrible. It was so loud. Like, when you're watching it, you're thinking it's a good movie because it's shot beautifully and, like, oh, yeah, like the acting's great. Yeah, it's a well-made movie. But then, like, afterwards, you're like, what? Yeah, it doesn't really add up Why? too much. <laughs> that doesn't kinda, make any sense. Why don't they just do this? It's confusing for confusing's sake. Yeah, and, and you kind of see, like, everything that's going to happen, like, way before it happens. You just don't really care about any of the characters. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's probably him just going back in time. <laughs> Whatever. Well, that's our review of Tenet. <laughs> uh, but, you know, of course, recently came out with the film Oppenheimer. Yes, which is, which is a great the... film. Highly recommend. If it's oh, still in yes. theaters near you, go see it. Oh, it's probably definitely still in theaters. One of the biggest hits of the year, surprisingly. Oppenheimer. We both, we've seen both. We recommend both. both. Movies. Yes, both of them are really great movies. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny how uh, this is probably this is the first Christopher Nolan movie that we've talked about. Because I've podcast. seen most of his films, so and that's why yeah, that's why I say he's like one of the most popular filmmakers because everybody has seen his. Yeah, movies I mean at you've seen point. Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes, yeah, like, he directed I mean, all those. He directed. Uh, In- Inception. Yeah, I've seen that. The is, only reason I hadn't seen this one was. Just never really got around to it, and it's and it like, it's, it's it's a real watch. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty heavy movie. So I it just never had time to sit down and watch it. When it was first released, it didn't really get like the best critical reception. I mean, it was it wasn't like a flop or no, anything. No, I remember being pretty popular. No, it yeah, was definitely the buzz of the town. Yeah, and critics, you know, they appreciated the effects and all the technical stuff, but. 
a lot of them like criticized the story um and i feel like nowadays it's actually uh it's one of those movies that's sort of kind of getting a little bit of a reevaluation and now people are considering it like one of the best sci-fi movies yeah i got i think something out. that helped that along a little bit is all the memes because this memes. movie has been memed out of the meme memed a lot of the sound effects on uh, if you're a fellow tiktok watcher uh you'll you would recognize a lot of them <laughs> or the you know the scenes of like matthew mcconaughey crying, crying. that's you reacting to harambe being shot or something for a meme yeah, well, I guess, well, I guess we should probably just talk about the movie then. Uh, there's quite a bit to talk about. Yes. This is probably the longest movie we've watched on the podcast so far. Mm-hmm. It's a very long you know, movie. It's, it's about three hours. Uh, just, I think, just under three hours. Yeah, it's like two hours and 47 minutes or something like that. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's an epic you could say. Um, so, what this movie is about is uh, it takes place in a unspecified period of the future, but uh, I, I don't know. It's twenty sixty seven. Maybe like the twenty sixties or something. I read up on it. It's twenty sixty seven. They never state that in the movie, though. I don't know why, because nothing looks futuristic. Oh yeah, it's still until kinda, the end, which is probably you know. But I think it's because humanity's growth got so stunted by the plagues and the wars. Oh, yeah. Because I think sure. we were more advanced because we had robots. Mm-hmm. They're pretty, like, multi-faceted. Uh, and an advanced uh, uh, space program, I guess. Yeah, and then that probably led to, like, crazy wars and then wars for resources. The and fan- then- Yeah, because the world is basically uh, uh, in the middle of a... Uh, uh, famine slash like Plague. drought, yeah, uh, which has basically caused a uh, a dust bowl, and it's so bad that everyone's literally, even America has literally given up all their militaries. There's just yeah. no resources to waste on militaries, no, because there's not enough food, and everyone grows corn because it's the only crop it's the only that crop survives, left. and it, even <clears throat> even it, it, even it's dying. Yes, there's a blight that's affecting all of the uh, crops. And uh, it people Finally are starving. Yeah, so people are starving. People are dying. Uh, so people don't like resources being wasted on space. So yeah, there's this thing. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is our uh, main character. His name is Cooper, who is a former, uh, I guess, like a NASA test pilot or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Now he's a farmer because everybody has to be a farmer now. Yeah. Because you have to try and grow as much food as possible. <clears throat> and he has <clears throat> he has two kids. He has a a daughter named Murph, who he seems especially attached to. Daddy's a little girl. Um, and she's the one who seems to kind of take after him more. Take after him and kind of has the same interests because i mean he does to be an astronaut you still have to have like a master's in like biotech science like you still have to be hella smart just because you're not a scientist because you do sciencey shit right exactly even though matthew mcconaughey more focused on the flying part 
Yeah, you could definitely pilot. tell like he's like the hot shot. He was the hot shot kind of pilot. Yeah, you but know. he cares a lot about education. He there's a scene where he gets pretty mad because they want his son to go to farming school, and he's mm-hmm. like, "What about college though?" And they're like, oh, "People don't really do that anymore." Yeah, only <laughs> except like, for the select few. Yeah, exactly. People who are going to be scientists or something. And then they also have they also reveal that uh, they've <laughs> they now teach that the uh, moon landings are fake. Yeah, because they want to dis uh, way, uh They want to dissuade people from from being sciencey. Yeah, and they've basically just stopped all science progression because they're so like desperate for food. They're like everyone just needs to grow food, and we need to go back to because also the continuously endless march of advancement and technology probably led to the wars and the resource resources, resources, resources being, being depleted, depleted and and all that stuff. climate change happening basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the Earth is basically the Earth is fucked. This is ba- it's basically by the end of the uh, jumping a little ahead, by the end of like where like the humans uh, or our Murph does her thing and like they're probably like ten years away from it fully collapsing. Yeah, so we're basically witnessing like a slow apocalypse. It's the beginnings, like you know, within like a hundred years there'll be bandits. Well, I mean, at this <sighs> point. Like or where, nothing. Where we open, when when we open, uh, where we, uh, we're, where we're first introduced to this world, it seems like America is probably the only major country that's left that survived this. It seems like it. It's weird because collapse. there's. They don't talk about anyone. Except for. Except for States. like the only like reference to any foreign power is like when one of these surveillance drones crashes in a scene and i guess it's because there were so many wars going on at one point people just, like every nation just shot up all these drones and they've just been flying around mm-hmm. because i think this, if america's not the only nation left a lot of nations have disappeared in this future and i think mostly the really high populous ones because he oh, says yeah. he's like oh this is an indian one and it's like why wouldn't india still have control of its drones if it does unless it doesn't exist anymore because it would make sense that that like, india and china those areas of the map would face the resource wars the worst because they'd be the nations aggressing for resources, mm-hmm. but they'd also right next to each other. <laughs> They're yeah. going to go to war for water. Oh, for in sure. Probably a few decades in real life. Yeah. I mean, you got two, three billion people just sitting in like one hunk of the rock. Yeah. So it makes sense. America would survive. It's, it's probably our geography again. It kept us away from it. We could, we had tons of land to grow our own food. We had our own resources, but I kind of wish you got a little bit more of like what's going like on. The global scale. Just a of little it all. bit. Like maybe they're like, oh, we're talking to our partners in Britain. Like there's not really, like you just don't know. It's not an international. You don't know effort. how much of America's left. Like they're like, they go to a baseball game and it's like supposedly like a, still a major league game, but like it's super but it's small. It's in this rinky dink arena. And it's the or Yankees, but you're field. like, are they even exist? Like, are they the, the fuck? real Yankees? Is New York still around? What the fuck is like? You just don't get a you don't get that a little bit, which kind of is annoying. A little, yeah, there's the details are a little vague for such a long movie. I feel like it could have just maybe in the beginning been like a paragraph that pops up that you read. Sometimes they do that in these movies. It's 2067, and the food is scarce. You know, I get it though. Half it the world's been, nations have disappeared. It could have been. It could have established uh, the worldwide implications of it. Because what ha- ends up happening is that Cooper, 
basically gets these messages uh, through these various means. Uh, Murph uh, apparently is seeing like a ghost mm-hmm. or what she something that she calls a ghost mm-hmm. in her room that's like knocking her books over. Yeah. Um. Well, we find we end up finding out what that is. What that ultimately is. Yes. Uh, later on in the movie. Um, it's one of those TikTok sounds I was talking about. Uh, but it's like sending, but there's like something that's like sending Matthew McConaughey these messages to these like basically these coordinates to go to this secret base, which is run by NASA. And uh, he's taken in, and they basically tell them of their mission, their plan, to try to save the human race. And by the way, the public doesn't even know NASA still exists. Because they'd be pissed off and the government had if re- they found out that they were po- still pooling resources into a lot. Uh, NASA. A lot of them. And it gives credence more to the fact that this is only America because they don't like say like we're working with like the Chinese space agency. Or no, the it's European just NASA. Union. It's just NASA. And if there were still people out there like in other nations, I feel like they'd all be like pulling together on this NASA thing. I'm surprised there's no like private enterprises like something I don't think like there SpaceX. really is private industry left in the world. It feels like it doesn't feel like it feels like everyone's just a farmer. Because, like, there's, if you can only go corn, there's no restaurants. There's no bakery. I mean, like, what, what <laughs> what's a grocery store look like? It's just corn. And what little bit of meat they have yeah, still so left. You just grow, grow your own food. You hunt your own food, even. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, I just really wish a little bit, like, if it was, like, oh, half of America's abandoned. Or is a desert or something like? Yeah, I mean they sure basically the say that the most of the Midwest, I think, is choked by a cloud of dust. Yeah, and they're like, but like they, there's scenes where like like in the 1930s of like these caravans of people fleeing, but they even reference like where are they gonna go? Yeah, exactly. Where are they fleeing to? There's nowhere else to flee, so it's probably like I feel like the West Coast would be a giant desert, or at least the South oh, part. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If like there's water shortages and shit. Oh my God, this. Area that we oh, live in. Oh, this would be dead. <laughs> we Oh, there's be a sand dunes. There's a thing that I read up online that uh, Cooper's uh, father-in-law, the grandpa, mm-hmm. who lives with him and his uh, kids, who is uh, his wife's father, who uh, who died, and he says that uh, if you know our if human society is still focused on like science and technology they'd be able to use an mri machine to be able to spot her cancer that she died from Mm -hmm. so you know there's a little bit of a little bit of backstory with that yeah it goes to show that the the, because mris are built with like those precious like uh precious and they stopped they basically said they basically just stopped building them because they just probably don't have the metals they didn't have the metals because i feel like they used everything in war because mm-hmm. it's one the only way no one would have militaries anymore is that there's just no way to fight it anymore. There's no way to get to each other. There's no point. No. <laughs> and there's no way to feed your armies. Just feeding them corn loaves. Especially for like the smaller 
smaller nations or even the bigger nations. Yeah, well, it's even harder for the bigger nations because they got the bigger armies. For China, yeah. Uh, Yeah, those nations just must not even exist in this world. Japan would have just dried up a little island by itself, no resource, no natural resources. Their populations were already, their populations already uh, declining declining. in in an environment where we have all the food we could eat. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone a little bit more into some of the like implications of it all. I didn't need a lot. I just like spare five minutes. Like I have a little montage in the beginning. I guess maybe no one thought annoying. that that would be cliched. I guess, but it's like it's something I'd like to know. Uh, he opens up. He opens the movie up with uh, like documentary footage or like interviews with all the like old people who've lived throughout this time. Yeah, but it's actually our real life old people that live yes, through it's, the it's, Dust Bowl. It's footage from a documentary, a Ken's Ken Burns documentary called The Dust Bowl. But it's a pretty cool creative way to make it look like Oh, yeah, cuz what they're basically old people who were born it would have been us. It's actually people our age. Yeah, that's what I was about to say about John John Lithgow's character, the grandpa. He's from our generation. He's a millennial. Which is crazy. That's going to be us in 30 Old. years. <laughs> There's just dust everywhere. <laughs> Probably. For us, it'll be salt clouds. Mm-hmm. Oh, clouds of salt that will choke us to death. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Cooper uh, is taken or finds the uh, secret base of NASA, and he's interrogated at first, uh, and is daughter is like held captive for a minute yeah and he meets an intimidating robot who at first you don't think is a robot because it looks so weird yeah, yeah. It, I, I but i i really like the robots in this movie tars and case mm-hmm. they grew on me i mean yeah the design Once I saw they were more like they could do more than just that weird little walk thing yeah, they can like, spin like, These around. are the most basic bullshit robots in the world. Like, we have better robots now. But no, they, they're, but then, yeah. they're pretty advanced. They, yeah, they grow and up the a bunch cool of thing, and just, the, very, the really cool horrible. thing about these robots is that they are not CGI. There is mm. almost... I don't think there's any CGI used at all except for the scene, I think, when they're on the ice planet. And you see, like, bit. the long shot of them walking, and then you see the robot walking along with them. Yeah, yeah, that's CGI. Definitely. That's definitely CGI. When it's running and stuff, you'd have to, because it looked weird. Although when it does its, like, little spinny thing uh, in the water, that's not That's not CGI. Mm. Nolan, that's Nolan's thing, is that he very... You can tell in some scenes, especially, like, the space station docking scenes, you're like, oh, those are models. Yes. You can definitely tell they're models. I love I mean, it. they're really, really good models, but they look like models. I love the effects in this movie. They're really um, good. Um, Especially for 2014. God, we're old since that's an old movie now. It's almost 10 years. Disgusting. It doesn't even look like a movie that's from 10 years ago. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's a good-looking movie. No one usually makes great-looking movies. Um, so back to the plot, <laughs> it's going to take a while to explain because there's so many different things that I'm going to kind of have to Jump skip over points. and, um, 
so basically, they they have Matthew McConaughey join this mission to uh, basically save humanity. Not basically. The, the, the mission is to save humanity. And what the mission is, is to fly through a wormhole that was uh, found, like, next to Saturn. Um, it was and was placed there by these mysterious beings that they refer to as just they. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're probably, it's implied that they're like humans from the fifth dimension. Yeah, they're humans that have, are either from a different well, dimension and can cross dimensions, or they're uh, us, but like super duper duper far in the future. And like time to them is just like another like physical dimension. Like yeah, they can they can go literally jump back and forth in time. Yeah, with ease. Um. And so, apparently, they've created this wormhole for us uh, to be able to find planets that could hold humanity, that could, that are hospitable towards. For human beings. Yeah. And they find three of them. Well, no, they send 12 astronauts out. Right, They only yes. have the resources to check three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is yeah. really sad. So they only go to the three most promising ones. Exactly, which are all next to a giant black hole. Which is like right there. It's like, no, those are going to work, are they? Nope. <laughs> it's The mission's basically a failure from the beginning. Yeah, but it was... Really never supposed to <coughs> succeed. Then why even do it? <laughs> they have some kind of hope. And like, I mean, they wanted the, the plan B to succeed. That's, that was, that's really what they were banking so on. So there's two plans. There's plan A where like they're <laughs> building this massive, ginormous, like arc ship on Earth to pull off most of what's left of humanity, which only numbers, I guess, in the millions. At this point. <coughs> um, they still have to figure out this gravitational yeah they don't know how to get the ship even off the planet there's something like it's gonna be such a massive ship no matter how many rockets you strap to it they won't be able to break gravity they don't have the resources and you got to fit everyone on like one ship because there's only one enough probably fuel and things to do to get on waff one and even then you'll probably still have to leave people some people behind um, oh, if they I'm went sure. with their plan of finding a new planet but then there's also if they go and they um if the planets don't work out, they're supposed to just keep looking for more. Like they're supposed to, they're supposed to continue on to the other twelve, the other ones, until they find one that's habitable, and they have five thousand embryos, that they're and they're supposed gonna... to just create a colony. Yeah, which would be like Basically, the, sci- the astronauts, the female astronauts would have to impregnate themselves, and then and then also make like a couple of them like just artificially grow. And then grow them through their humanity, and then start impregnating. It'd be such a weird human. Civil- and then the robots would help raise them, and then yeah. And whichever astronauts were left at that point, on the mission. Would so yeah, I mean, one. humanity would basically have to restart, and, it would and it'd be such be a weird society. Weird. It wouldn't even really be the original humanity anymore. No, no, it'd be completely different. We'd lose all our culture and everything. They'd like call themselves Americans, but that's just because we're the only ones who left. They'd think of it as like a species. Yeah, Americans. our ancients, the ancestors, the ancient Americans. Americans. That'd be so weird. Uh, so yeah, so they go on this uh, this mission. 
But uh, Matthew McConaughey thinks that the main mission is the A mission and that they're going to come back. They're supposed to just go to those three, find an eye on a planet, then go back within a few years to uh, report, like, to report, like, hey, we found it. We set it up the way. We're And the main scientist of NASA is like, I'll have the equation solved. But what we don't know is he already solved it and it's impossible. (laughs) At least what he thinks. No, he solved the part that you can solve. But the only way to solve the rest of the equation is to go into a black hole and they don't have the resources to send in a probe that they could get back or get anything back. And there's just no way to go. At at that point, they think like, oh, if you go in a black hole, you're immediately dead. Yeah. So. So they find this out and it's a pretty sad scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty devastating. Because it's, God, these planets suck. Yeah, the first one. (laughs) Just garbage. Yeah, so the first planet they visit uh, the wormhole scene is really cool when they it's fly weird. through it's the trippy. wormhole. Yeah, it's because I mean that's probably what it, they're basically traveling to. Well, they're traveling to the other end of the into a different galaxy. This movie I think is actually improperly titled because Interstellar is traveling between stars. In this, they're they're traveling to a different galaxy, so it would actually yeah. be intergalactic. But that sounds kind of lame. Yeah. Or too sci-fi. I mean, I get this is super sci-fi, but it sounds like uh, the Klingons were there. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It sounds kind of like Star Trek. And they have no way to know if these planets are going to have life already and they're going to get there and it's going to be like a whole civilization. It's like, no, you guys can't come here, you refugee fucks. Like, yeah, you can't just colonize our planet. We, we, we're a full-functioning civilization with guns. <laughs> um, or plasma weapons. But luckily, I guess you know, none of these planets do have life. The yeah. first planet they visit is Garbage. like right next to the black hole and it's causing like gravity to just go crazy. So the whole planet is just a water world. It's a water world and like time is like what is it? Like one hour is sixty years or some crazy shit? Uh no, like one hour is like seven years. Yeah. Yeah, one hour seven years. Which is insane. And so yeah, they well the reason why they go to the planet is because they like there was like a a signal being broadcast yeah, by like one the, of the, the one, other a astronauts. positive one. Yeah. But it's also like why that why that lady do that? She would have landed seeing like oh this is garbage. This is a giant water world. So like they had picked these scientists and these astronauts to do these missions because they were supposed to be like the most selfless like but they all but they all fucking immediately said oh mine's good come save me like because the only way they were ever going to get saved is to say their planet was good and they knew that mm-hmm. <laughs> at least like but like or the only uh, the rest did say theirs were bad and the only ones that said it was good were the pieces of shits that lied because this the there because the only signal they got was it's it's breathable or it's it might have breathable air and it's there's water so they're like oh it could be work but they didn't it didn't specify this is all water yeah it's just a giant ocean world with tsunamis the size of, of the mountains. Mount Everest yeah they, at first like they don't even think that there's there are waves they think that oh those are mountains over there right and they're nope. like oh they're getting close <gasps> it's like a giant tsunami. It kills one of the other astronauts. They find like wreckage from like the 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 first astronaut. They said the planet was good, 
And then, like, oh, it's so fucked up. Like, Anne Hathaway's character just keeps running towards it, trying to get the data. And then, like, because of her delay, that one of the scientists, like, as they're jumping in the, sh- the ship, he gets, like, swept Dwayne. away. And it would have been terrifying. Yeah, it's Because horrible. you're just in, one, you know immediately I'm not being saved. No. And now I'm being tossed around in this insane wave. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. On an alien planet. Yeah, and you're just... And, like, you could probably breathe because he's still in a suit. Like, <laughs> like it would just but be... But he, like, he probably, like, his bones were probably... Yeah, just like, probably... Like, 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 but, like, for a little while, you're alive. Like, oh, yeah. It was a horrible and like, death. And then, like, God, it just would have been just dog shit way to die. And then you see his body floating. Just and, like, and then you find out, like, because the way the time worked, and because of this delay, they, end up, they were only supposed to lose, like, two or three years. Yes. But then because of this, because they got hit by the wave, the ship got wet, it delayed them. They They lost 23 years, which is insane. Yeah, and the other guy that they were with, uh, probably the smartest guy on the ship. Yeah, yeah. uh, He waited the 23 years, and he didn't go into, like, hypersleep. So when they come back, he looks... Well, he said he did a couple times because he would have looked a lot older, but he started losing hope. Because he would go in for like six month chunks mm-hmm. or like a year chunk, and then he'd just wake up and be like, oh, they're still not back. Probably by like the fourth time, you're like, oh, I just want to die. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to just. He's going to age this out. But then imagine that feeling when he all of a sudden he heard, the like, like, oh shit. <laughs> what the fuck? They're here. Finally. And then they just open the door. They're just like, oh, oh he's down. What happened? How much time we lose? And he's just like, oh shit, guys. About 23 years. And I'm just like, immediately, Matthew Mayer, I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, my beard's all gray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, um, but the fucked up thing is, the way the fucking time worked is that the original astronaut had only died, like, a few minutes before they even they got, got there. there. Yeah. Because the time is so weirdly warped and fucked that, like, because he was like, how was the, like, it had been years since they got the message and they had traveled there, how was the wreckage still there? And it's like, oh, she was like, oh, it's probably because she'd been, she'd only been dead for like right. three minutes. Like she probably landed, saw what's like, was like, saw what was happening, did the thingy, and then just got hit by a giant wave. <laughs> That's yeah. It's time is like so the weird. ultimate enemy in this movie, which would be real life, like real life in space. Yeah. Until we can invent the technology of like FTL or something, but. Or find a way to harness wormholes. Wormholes, yeah, because, yeah. It'll be like olden times where it's like, oh, that journey's going to take six months. You got to go into hypersleep. Mm-hmm. And the hypersleep kind of like that they depict in this is really interesting with, like, the liquid they have to submerge themselves in. Yeah, it's like this. It's like warming liquid, but then it, like, they go into a <laughs> vacuum-sealed tube. It seems like they just get, like, vacuum-sealed. Apparently, sealed. technically, they're being put in a state of hyperthermia. Yeah. Which, like, because so I, I guess, like, that basically puts your body in hi- in hibernation. But it keeps your brain alive. Yes. That's the one thing. You might lose limbs, but probably in some form they don't. Because they're not directly touching the water. I think that's what the bag is for. Also, yeah. it doesn't work. It's not real. But. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least but not it yet. looks interesting. Yeah, yeah. They try to make a lot of the, the space travel stuff in this plausible Yes, like whenever that showed outside space scenes, it's silence. It's silence, and you don't see like these money shots all the time of like the different planets or the ship flying around in space. No, because you get a lot of shots that almost feel like 
there's like a handheld camera just attached to the side of the ship, which yeah. is what it's like in real life. Yeah. It's like the camera that would be on the side of the, the ship. Yeah, yeah. You'd get like a just like a basic view of what's out there, but yeah. nothing like... there's nothing. Spe- yeah. What is there to look at? Like, planets are so far apart. You're not just driving by planets. It's not like the Jetsons. No, yeah, or Star Wars. Or Futurama. Or Star Wars. Yeah, where planets are just everywhere. Yeah, and there's... Yeah, I like the fact that there's no sound in space. There's that scene... Only... What? Sorry. There's that scene later on in the movie after uh, they deal with... We'll talk about him in a second, piece of shit. (laughs) Where they go into the, uh, the docking bay, and there's a hole in it. Yeah, and then when they go through the hole, they they're going through the vacuum of space, so that whole part is quiet. Yeah, yeah. And then when they go back into the part of the ship that isn't exposed, once they sealed it, yeah, and had air um, again, then it gets like really. Yeah, noisy the only again. sound you can hear when they're in space is them in their own suits. So you hear <gasps> because that's the only place that would be making noise is because in because that's your the suit, only place air. where there's air, not yeah. But I'm like saying. they're they're banging on things like you don't hear any of that. Mm-hmm. Or the explosion when it happens. There's explosions, but it's the implosions. Yeah, there's no... because So the air inside, whatever, just explodes, but there's no sound because there's no... S- yeah. It wouldn't explode. It wouldn't explode outward. Like yeah, so the whole thing where that, there wouldn't be fire in space. Yes, there would be, but just not like the way we... Th- it would be from whatever it's... just exploded, and then it would go out immediately because mm-hmm. there'd be no air to keep it alive. So exactly. there'd be an explosion, and the fire would just go out instantly. Exactly. Which is cool. It's kind of like being in like the deep ocean, like when, yeah. uh, you know, the submersible this year yeah. imploded. Yeah. The same exact thing. Happened. There's another expedition trying to do that to go to explore to pick up like uh, stuff from it, and the U.S. government's trying to block it. Well, yeah, good. Let's... I think because I think they're like shutting that. They're like, can you just like at least wait five years so the public doesn't care anymore? <laughs> it's so stupid. How many billionaires got to die going there? And why do you need to? We don't need to even go down to the wreckage of the Titanic. Yeah, send anyways. like unmanned probes. Submersibles, unmanned yeah, people don't need to go down there. But yeah, even though James Cameron's been down there like <laughs> more, James Cameron, <laughs> he's been down episode. there more than uh, the guy who actually discovered the wreckage. Yeah, because the guy who discovered it's poor. James Cameron's loaded. He has his own submersible. He was fucking. Sorry to get off, like off topic, but he was like basically like making fun of the guy who died this year with his submersible. He's like, bro, I already had one. I had one that was tested, approved, certified by all the major industries. Yeah, because he's like, it's I'm not most... trying to die in a metal tube that was made in some guy's garage. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking moron. Carbon fiber. <laughs> what a goofy goober. Um, but yeah. Uh, the, this, once they get off this stupid, so they're like, guys, the, then he goes and watches all the like all the videos, up messages. Yes. Oh, of his kids. Sad. He watches his kids grow up through. And these then he messages. just sees his son going through these things and he just starts immediately crying because he's like, I can't, this all already happened. I didn't get to experience I, this. He, his son goes, makes it through college, finds a woman, get to talk gets to married. Him while it was happening. Has, yeah, doesn't ha- get to help his son through these things. And he, he can, get see, to give him any he can see his son starting to age and like the burden of life starting to weigh him down. Well, you see that he gets married 
Mm-hmm. He's he all happy. He and becomes a Casey Affleck. He taught, yeah. He like graduated top of his farming class, so he's like one of the best farmers. He's really good at it. He actually has a knack for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has a, a son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that kid dies. The son dies from the unspecified. Well, basically, like from dust lung. Yeah, it's, yeah. Dust yeah. is choking everybody at this point. Yes. The and grandpa then, dies. And then he has another son, but. Like, the last transmission is, like, everyone's telling them that they're dead. You got to give up on them to stop sending these messages. And it's, like... And he's just, like, And well, he has no hope, anyway. Like I got to give up on The farm's dying. Humanity's dying. Humanity's dying. His family's dying. They all have coughs. But he's, like, not willing to, like... But he doesn't want to acknowledge it. Because he's, like... He doesn't think there's any point, or... He's, like, our only survival is his farm. And that's his whole mentality. And, and then his, and then Murph hates him. She like she, she never refused to talk to him. Yeah, she got real mad when he left, and then she never sent message. Like she wasn't sending messages when they were, we were actually replying to the messages before they went missing. But then, now she's uh, she's the same age that he was when he left. Yeah, that was the only that was the first time she sent a message because he promised that he'd be back before that. And it also turns out that she's working with the scientist who's in charge of this entire... Yeah, it's clear that she went full-on science mode and, like, was probably immediately inducted by, uh... Dr. Brand. Yeah. Michael Kine. Yeah. And it's just... And that's when, like, you find out, like, Michael Kane's character dies of old age because he's somehow still alive. Even though he's old as shit when Matthew McConaughey left. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you can kind of tell he's sort of at the end of his life. Yeah, he's kind of dementia. He's in a, wheel- he's in a wheelchair. And then he dies, and he's just like, oh, I failed. <laughs> Project <laughs> A was a lie. Plan <laughs> A was, <laughs> there was no plan A. And she's like, what? And he's like, peace. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't you feel kind of bad. He dies thinking that humanity. He's a gonna failure. Die. He's a failure, and humanity's gonna die because of it, or at least on Earth they're gonna die, because they saw Plan B. But like he doesn't. And know he doesn't get to see his daughter. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. Anne Hathaway's characters. Yeah, is his daughter. She goes on the journey. She's on the uh, expedition. She's also named Doctor Brand. Um, <laughs> and then they so like Matthew McConaughey's characters and other scientists have a bit of like, should we keep going? Or do we just go back? Because we wasted so much time. They're able to convince Matthew McConaughey, like, no, we got to keep going. And, like, I also, like... this far. <laughs> and then also Matthew McConaughey comes up with a plan, if things had gone normally, that they could have, like, somehow, like, slingshotted through the yeah, black could've... hole and they would have gained some years back or something, they thought. He could have done some crazy pilot but thing. But <laughs> when they land on the next planet, the ice planet... The ice planet, yeah. Miller's planet. Guess who's waiting for them? Matt Damon. Piece of shit, Matt Damon. <laughs> At first, you're like, oh shit, like because he's talking about like, oh, we're on the top layer of the ice, but he's like, my readings are showing like something's down on the level. Like there's a there's actually ground. If he can get there's down a surface. There. There's a surface, and he's heard life, like not just like amoebas going, like an actual like civilization somehow down there. Uh, mm-hmm. We just gotta find. You just gotta help me get down there, which you all find out is it's bullshit. bullshit. He just faked all the readings so that they would come and rescue him. And he basically 
is planning on just marooning them. Yeah, he because Matthew McConaughey's character is just gonna he's gonna let them keep going, well, but he's, he's been, gonna go on his own. He's Matt, uh, Matt Damon has basically gone, gone insane because he was on the planet alone for years. Yeah. before he just he waited until all his resources were used up, and then probably knew within like a month that the planet was dead. Doctor Man. So then he that so he like he says he like held out as long as he could before doing the signal that the planet actually worked. But once he had run out of resources and he was really faced with like, you're going to die alone and you haven't seen anyone in years and you're going insane. Yeah, that's when he doctored everything, killed his robot. Yes. Yeah, so the robot probably would have been like, no, I have to tell them because some directive. Because of the honesty parameters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and he rigs it. So if anyone looks at the robot, it explodes, which spoiler alert kills our fun loving leader, the black guy. Well, not uh, fun-loving, but, you know, basically our lead scientist. Yeah, and so it's a little bit like, oh, shit, we just lost, like, how lost they, the brains of the operation. I mean, like, Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey's characters aren't smart, but Matthew McConaughey is completely just the pilot. He's the pilot. And Anne Hathaway is more of like, she was going to start the colony. Yeah, that's She's her, really good at that part. Like, that was her expertise. But you could kind of tell, like, a lot of the time she's she struggles. Yeah, because the they're not like. part of the yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. She almost dies on the water planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a little piece of metal falls on her, and she gets that other guy killed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, so then, like Matt Damon, because Matthew McConaughey wants to leave with one of the ships, Matt, Matt Damon doesn't want him to. So he like tries to kill Matt uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, in like this like really weird like just pathetic way. Like eh, he's smashing his face against him, <laughs> and like eventually kind of gets the upper hand. And he's like, "I'm and sorry, I can't do this." Doesn't shut. Just uh, talks and talks, and then like even when Matthew McConaughey character is like dying supposedly, and like he's like just hear my voice. Just, you see the you see my did you see your daughter, and he's just so fucking weird, and you fucking hate him. I just hated his face, and there's everything he's doing. He's basically like he almost blows up the entire ship with all the embryos on it, and if Plan A really is not going to succeed, he just he doomed, doomed humanity. to extinction, for reals. Just because, just what, so he could fucking live somehow? Oh, I hate that guy. He kills the black guy, he tries to kill Matthew McConaughey. He almost kills the, he almost kills Tars. Yeah, it's just like, ugh, he's just a real scumbag. And it's, and it's, his death is very satisfying. Because, because he's such a it's, he, he's not a pilot he's not a, he's just a scientist so he tries to dock the ship himself but because the Matthew McConaughey still controls the robots they tell the robots to not let him in so the robots like keep, turn off his autopilot which makes it so he can't the ship won't dock itself won't be, yeah. so he has to manually dock it he can't he do can't it because he's it. a dumbass and so then like he imperfectly docks it. And then because he imperfectly docks it, it doesn't like attach and then depressurize, like mm -hmm. have oxygen shoved into it. So when he opens the, the, the ship, it, all the air just fucking rushes out and, and he just and, goes and, spaghetti mode. And implodes. It yeah. implodes and he just gets sucked through a fucking hole probably the size of his butthole and just, and just gets fucking spaghettified like Jason X oh, yeah. or Alien in Alien 3. Um, yeah. And he's just doing another one of his fucking he's still he just never shuts you're up you're gonna he's just like he's like y'all gonna learn that he, uh, humanity <laughs> he's like he's, he just, like, he just there will be a moment and boom, yeah, he's, he's, he's just gone and you know for at least one split second he had that thought oh no and he's just gone <laughs> and you're like oh fuck you 
and he sends a ship. It's going crazy. And then Matthew McConaughey comes in with his actual piloting skills and like crazy keeps yeah. the ship just hovering over while the robot's manually trying to dock. And the he's robot's like, telling ah! him, this, it's and, impossible, and they're, and they're spinning but so it's fast. necessary. Yeah, I love that line. It's a good line. It's just because Matthew McConaughey's the whole like normal person supposed to be on the thing. So mm-hmm. he's the one going he's the like, man. love, like when scientist fails, love succeeds. And you're like, well, actually that was Anne Hathaway's idea. Yeah, but like, who is she even in love with? The man guy or some other guy that, that they're never going to go to? That part of the movie is underwritten, I would say. Because if it's the man character, which I don't think it is, it's the scientist they were going to go to. They're the, talking about another scientist uh, the next don't planet. even see. And like, and she was arguing to go to that planet and then maybe that's the planet she ended up going to, but he was not there dead. still. He's dead. He was already dead Um, in the end because... Uh, this movie is really good, but there's a but lot. It's a headache. <laughs> That's a lot of Nolan's movies. Um, good thing he didn't do that to Batman. But some say he did. I don't. Those people are idiots. I'm not a fan. And I'm honestly not the biggest fan of Dark Knight Rises. Is it the first one? No, it's the last. Oh, one. Yeah. It's the third one. Bane. That's my favorite. Of course. I love Bane. Oh. And then I do like the romance. But Why would you cute. shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? How about I just shoot you with a giant motorcycle shotgun so you're out of the movie forever? So <laughs> His death <lame>. sucked. The <laughs> whole twist just ruins the movie. Yeah, yeah. She's actually... She was the villain the whole time. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, but the romance is cute. Um, Anne Hathaway. Well, yeah. He likes working with Anne Hathaway. Um, she's a yeah. good cat girl. She's a good cat, cat woman. woman. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Um, and she's good in this movie. She is. All the performances are really good in this movie. Yeah. Um, but they basically like they once they take stock, they're like, oh, we only have enough fuel to. Um, yeah. And they're like, basically, they say like, the next... in order for us to make it to our next our destination, we have to leave something behind. Yeah, yeah. So they decide at first to leave. Tars behind, and they're gonna shoot him into the black, black hole, hole. Mm-hmm. so that he can take readings, and then he's gonna sp- he's supposed to just start broadcasting that, and hopefully someone he, finds it. Hopefully, because they know, die. yeah, because they realize they realize on the ship, even without um the one bitch, or not the one bitch, but his daughter telling them Murph, telling them like, oh well, we need the black hole the readings, like we need the readings of the black hole to finish this equation, mm-hmm. to get the gra- the gravity equation, but um. So, but what you don't realize, or Anne Hathaway doesn't realize, is that he's also going to judge them. Like he, he's going to go into the black hole. She too. doesn't know that they need to they need to lose both. There's too much weight with both of them on it. So like he goes into the black hole too, and he tells her to keep going. Like you make the call, and you're, because he thinks he's going to die. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm going to die. My kids are dead. Earth dead. That planet ain't never going to happen. I just want to die. You're the one who wants to do that whole other colony thing. I don't really want to do that. My was never my mission. I was always supposed to go home. So if I'm not going to go home, I'll go die and then go home. Go to heaven because he believes in that. Um, and that scene yeah. is trippy when he falls, like and when he he's goes in the black, in the black hole. hole. Oh my god! It would have been so it's scary. Even when you're in the spaceship, you're just—it's a rocket. You're just getting hit it's, by space debris. You're like, oh, like, what is even? Where am I? And what the is, robots talking to you like? 
Are you there still? Uh, it's just like, and you're just like, ah! And then the ship tells him to eject, eject. But like, then, like, imagine he's not Nothing. Just, ah! He's just floating around like... <gasps> he's like falling, and it's just like... He's weird. falling, but going up, and then sideways. It's just because it's, it's nothing. This, and it's just like, what the fuck? Uh, but then, when you think he's just falling into, like, an abyss of nothingness... It just turns into a crazy... Turns into, like, always. a giant library? Looking like thing Because it's just her... It's Murph's well, it's life. Her, it's her bookshelf. Spread out. Yeah. Into a thousand bagillion different scenarios. So where, I think this is where, like... The, they come in. And this is where it kind of gets a little, like, okay, what is actually happening here? Now here's the sci-fi part. <laughs> this is the, where it gets mind-bending. Um, so it seems like these creatures or people from the fifth dimension have created somehow been able to kind of connect their dimension with the black hole Mm -hmm. in order to basically catch Matthew McConaughey and Mm -hmm. save him. And they also caught TARS too. Yes. And so at first, like Matthew McConaughey is just like freaking out. He's like, where am I? What What is this? this? And why can't I see my daughter? And he's just trying to get to her. And he's screaming. And that's when you realize he's the ghost. Yes. Because he starts doing the messages, which, you know, right when the message, I wish she hadn't revealed the message in the beginning when she's like, dad, it spells out stay. Because if I, I already knew that kind of twist going into this because it had been ruined through memes. Yeah. And like, just has been so young, but I didn't. So even though I never watched the movie, I knew that was like the twisty part in the end. But even if I hadn't, I really feel like I would have guessed We're, that. Yeah. Because it's pretty why obvious. would they have said stay? Like it's like it's pretty obvious. Like oh, his dad's probably in like some weird dimensional thing looking at this. Mm-hmm. Um, some space and time shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so trippy. It's very trippy. Uh, it's it's just yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and he's just and he starts crying concept like lives. Make him stay, but like also like, didn't he remember? Like th- th- that moment when he when she was like, "It's still stay," and he's like, "That's dumb." Like he's like, "That's not real." Why then still do it if you know your character's not your your past self isn't gonna like listen to it? I don't know because he doesn't understand. Because he's what's so happening. desperate in that moment, maybe. He doesn't understand what's happening. Or he vaguely remembers it because like, like, the it robot, has been years. The robot's years. explaining it to him, but you can kind of tell, like, he doesn't like, what really the get fuck it. What are you talking about? Like, just like, we don't get it. But then he does kind of start getting it. Yes. And that's when he realizes, like, oh, it's they, they did this, and it's not me they picked. Mm-hmm. It's Murph. Yes. Like she's the one. She's the savior. The and they only savior. saved me because they only they knew only Murph would only listen to a message from her dad. Mm-hmm. Which is like, but also like, they have all this power. Why can't they just send like a message <laughs> to a the Earth message. government to like, this is the equation. Well, maybe again, <laughs> maybe again, like because maybe time is so weird with them, they can't physically communicate with us. But they, so they have to put us in their dimension, essentially. And hope we guess it? Yeah. I mean, it's just... I guess that's why they picked the smartest human. 
Yeah, I mean, it would basically, I guess it in real life, it probably would be sort of incomprehensible to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dealing with five dimensions. And then they start, and then, like, so, like, he once he realizes that, he's like, oh, I got to send her the message. And they're like, oh, how do I do it? And he's like, oh, Morse code on my watch. Bam. He has, they established that early on, too, with the watches. Yeah, that it's, like, broken. Mm-hmm. And that's why he thinks it's twitching all the time, not realizing it's him doing the Morse code. Yeah. And like, and, and then like, uh, Tars is like, how do you know she's going to have the watch? He's like, cause I gave it to her. <laughs> like, it's like, you fucker. Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. He's so Matthew McConaughey in this movie. He really is. Which is great. And Lee had a good term during that. Uh, uh, what is it, the Matthew McConaughey? Oh, the McConaughey. McConaughey. This was the, I the, like that term. the height of the McConaughey. Yeah, because early 2000s, 2010 ish, that was when he was just like, I'm going to make money on some rom coms. Rom, yeah. That was because in the thing. 90s, he was a serious actor. He mm-hmm. did a lot of big series, like The Time to Kill, the movie I've shown you. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which I still think is like his best. Really? That end speech where he describes the rape and then he ends it with, now, now imagine, imagine she's a white girl. It's yeah. like, and he's just so like like choking up and everything. Into it. Because you also, I think he's like fucking like 27 there. Like he's like not that old in that moment. Yeah, like, it was only just a few years after uh, Dazed and Confused, which was his first like major movie. They keep movie. getting older. Or they, they, I keep I getting get older. older. They, they stay, stay the, the same, same age. age. Can't make that movie nowadays. Um, which is a shame because he's yeah. supposed to be a piece of shit. But yeah, you're supposed to not like him and agree with him. But <laughs> but isn't he just so like fun and likable? All right, all right, all right. It's not that whole meme. That's how that movie's from. Yep. Uh, so yeah, after uh, oh, fucking Venom's in this movie. Topher Grace, Bad Venom, Eric Ven- <laughs> Eric Foreman. Yeah, he's just randomly, randomly in it, and he's in randomly it. like Murph's like love interest, kind of for like bit. a second, maybe not even. He gets punched in the face by Casey Affleck and kissed by Murph. Yes, yeah, so by Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> the, I gotta say it. I don't know why every single movie she's in, they tape that lady up. They, oh my God, in Jurassic. Oh no, she's not in Jurassic Park, is she? No, she's not Bryce. Dallas you know, Howard. Exactly like. They look pretty much the same. She got man. taped up too. She got CGI. They CGI'd her butt smaller in that movie. Did they really? Yeah. It was fucking like why? Why? Uh, apparently there was a lot of because they didn't want to like sexualize her. There's a lot of weird sexist things going on it's in that dumb movie. As fuck. That movie sucks. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. At one, the babysitter just gets brutally murdered <laughs> by a dinosaur for like it's no like, fucking reason. Why? Are we She's kind of neglectful, but like, so we gotta watch her get. Like it I, goes uh, on for so we'll just long. Just take her and then she falls and she's dead. But no, we're ah, ah, and she she's getting beaten to death by the. You know what the fuck? And then she like gets picked up by the Tyrannosaur or whatever. And or then not. she's beaten against the water to death, and it's a horrific like fucking five minutes. And then that giant, then that giant thing in the water fucking eats her. And the dinosaur that was trying to eat her before. You're just like, that was so unnecessary. Yeah, it's like she's not even the worst character in the movie. She's like a little neglectful in the beginning, and then but like as soon as shit starts to pop off, she's like looking for the kid. She's like doing the right thing. <laughs> no, let's brutally murder her, murder her. No one else other than the fucking like CEO dies in that fucking movie, or except some of the security guards that get eaten. 
Yeah. Like all the other patrons that survive, they get like cut up by some of the things, but she's literally the only one that gets picked up and then flown into the water and then beaten to death and then eaten. Here. I, I, I still think about that scene. Like that, that scene kind of ruins the movie for me a bit. I mean, the whole movie's pretty shit, but like that scene's so over the top. It's unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Her death is so graphic and just depressing. Because you're like, oh my god. It's not just a quick, ah, and a snap crunch that you hear and you don't see. It's a, literally, she's screaming for her life. Like, we're watching her die horribly And it's supposed to be like, reason. dinosaurs! <laughs> Isn't this fun? Like, no! Not anymore. <laughs> That's the problem with that whole series. They made dinosaurs not fun. I know. The dumb girl in the fucking second one. I felt bad for them. You just do the human race. alive, like me. You you shouldn't be alive. I would have shot her right in the head right then and fucking then. You the, just ended the world, you dumb bitch. You just made it so there's a third movie with dinosaur people. Like, whatever. Whatever. Fuck that movie. Let's not give that poop movie any more talking. Yeah, well, I, that was quite a diversion. But, uh, so, like, Murph uses the equation and saves humanity. And they, End uh, the movie, no. <laughs> instead of uh, going on a different planet, they uh, create giant space. They stations. create a uh, yeah, a, what they call a ring world. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I hope still that means like, because if they have the technology to do that and have these giant things, like maybe one day be terraforming Earth. They can try to re-terraform Earth again. Because it'd be nice to be have a planet again, like an actual planet we live on. And Matthew McConaughey even kind of says that at the end. Like I don't like this, like pretending to live back on earth thing yeah let's get back on earth or a planet like earth but then like yeah so like then like matthew mcconaughey's character just starts falling through space again and basically they pull him out they and they deposit him like in just like where the space station is just floating and it's like 67 years later He he gets picked up by the space force yeah, it's like a hundred years later. No, not a hundred years later. It's like eighty, like sixty-seven years, or something like so that. Years later, because his daughter's still alive, but she's extremely she's on, old, about to die. Yeah, she's on her deathbed. But she had been putting herself into cryo sleep intermittently to survive longer to see if her dad would come back, because she always believed he would. Mm-hmm. But then she has like grown children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. They're all so it's, yeah. it's it's pretty in the future if you're gonna have some great great grandchildren. Very far in the future, and she's like a hero and like, like basically their god. The station is named. All after the different her. stations are named. One station is named after her. One station is named after Cooper. Probably but I one- think Cooper is their last name. Mm-hmm. So her name is Murph Cooper. What's Matthew McConaughey's main name? First name. I thought his name was Cooper. I think he's Cooper. Well, they only call him Cooper, but I think he does have a first name that's not stated in the movie, but I know on Wikipedia it says his name is like Joe or something. That's weird. That is an afterthought. Yeah, so they're on Cooper Station, and then it's it's super sad because she's like... They finally get to see each other again, but, but she's, she's dying. dying. And then she's like, no parent should see their kid die, especially when she's a 90-year-old, 150-year-old mm-hmm. woman. He's like 124. Yeah. And like, but then they did, like, it, the ending is a little like, yeah. Why? Where like, he has to steal, like, why does he have to wh- steal? And then she tells him to like, go to Brand. Go to Anne Hathaway's character. Find her and like, 
you guys, but like, but they're like there's never any like they never had any chemistry. Romantic they're not a lot, and like they never anything. do have any of that scenes. They don't yeah. kiss. They don't. He's kind of pissed off at her a lot of the movie. She loves someone else. So like, why would it be like? Is it be? I think it's like my guess was it's because she was the last human from his actual time. So she's the only one who would. Like she be knew able like to one. He understand. Would, yeah, he would never be able to really relate with the humans on the stations, and everyone would always worship him. And for him, it's only been like three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or at least feels like three. Or years. yeah, no. In reality, it would only Actually, felt, like, he only aged like a few months. Like a, so yeah, honestly, because it, they go into hibernated sleep in almost, most of his actual space journey. Honestly, it would probably only feel like a few weeks to him. Yeah, and all it's or all 124 years. Who knows? It's, it's 124 years in the future, and you're just like, what the fuck, Ring World? Like, so like, I get that part, but it's a little like, you didn't eh. have to steal. Yeah, ship. like why couldn't he have been like given like a like, proper? I'm Cooper. also like I thought like he, yeah, like it should have been like oh There's you go establish connection. Murph. Yeah, or go like he should have been like oh I'm gonna lead a mission. It should have showed him with like a grouping of like ships and humans to go establish contacts with the colony world mm-hmm. or what like Anne Hathaway's colony world to bring them resources and help and progression. But I don't know. I guess it was to make the ending more dramatic somehow. A little bit. But I, I kind of wish then they would have had a love interest or something. Or more of a romantic. It would have made more sense for them they, to like be. They talk so much about love in this movie. Yeah, and they don't like each other at all. <laughs> I mean, they like each other. They bond but, but pretty they don't strong over love. this. Yeah. You don't feel any love between them. And it's like, oh, are they just going to... Yeah, he still loves his wife and she loves whatever missing scientist we don't ever will never see. So this movie has its problems, but... It's... Yeah. It's, no movie's perfect. It's pretty good. It's very good. Damn. Well, we talked you... about that movie, didn't we? Well, do you have any, uh, you know what? <sighs> Questions Lee? for Lee? Yeah. Questions for Lee? Questions? Questions for Lee? For me? <sighs> well, I guess just the normal questions I always ask. I don't have any, like, unique ones because. I know when you saw this movie. <laughs> it's a pretty Sorry. newish movie. Yes, I saw it in And theaters. I knew you when you saw this movie. Mm-hmm. So I knew you went to go see that movie and I didn't. Yes, I saw it in theaters. Um, My dad and I liked it. I My know why you not. would have seen it. I'm a uh, yeah, I can definitely guess your brother would not like it. Yes, I was, I've always been a Christopher Nolan fan. Yeah, and, and your brother probably went just thinking, like, it's going to be like Batman. No. <laughs> it's God. a lot of jargon. No, I think he probably because he liked Inception. Ah, so he was. But that's maybe, way more like that has a lot of action and guns and fights and Leo DiCaprio going. This is a movie that's all about ideas. Yeah, and science. Um, so I'll just ask the normal questions for Lee. What is your favorite scene? Biggest compliment or favorite thing about the movie? Well, definitely my favorite aspects of this movie are the technical elements. Mm-hmm. Cinematography, production design especially. I'm real I really love how everything on the sp- on the like spaceships and the the space dock everything looks really like lived in and kind of like almost kind of looks dirty. Um 
it's that thing in science fiction that they do um where like you know a lot of the time uh things are kind of like sterile and clean uh if they're like set in the future or like on a spaceship or something um but it was like right around the time of like star wars that uh this idea of what they called the used future uh came about which is where like everything is futuristic but it looks like like everything's already been used and worn out almost like the future is like it's old it's you know yeah they're the not, it doesn't look like a future future it looks like a sad future yeah so like the interiors the spaceships and stuff uh all look really great and it's all practical there's no cgi um they built like all these weird like mechanical doors and stuff that actually open uh the robots were uh mainly just puppets these like sophisticated like animatronic puppets uh that were controlled by like one guy uh he even voices tars um but they dubbed his voice over for the other one case um and then of course the all the the miniature effects of the spaceships and even the CGI that's used. Uh, this movie apparently has the most accurate depiction of a black hole that's ever been featured in a movie. Because at the time, nobody actually even knew what a real black hole looked like. It wasn't only it was only until a few years later after this movie came out that we got the first real picture of a black hole and it looks exactly like uh the gargantua black hole in this movie mm. that shit is spooky yeah it is very space is very scary deep space is scary uh of course and this movie you know it had a bunch of different like astrophysicists and astronauts yeah, who were technical of... advisors so this movie is Try, at least it tries to be very scientifically accurate. So that's actually an interesting aspect to me. Um, the fact that the, the, a lot of this movie is devoted to explaining these uh, really heady concepts and basically trying to explain astrophysics to a, a general movie-going audience, it's, uh, it's ambitious. And that's probably the thing that I really appreciate about the movie huh. is how just like Nolan doesn't think his audience is stupid. Like a lot of filmmakers, I feel like, or a lot of producers think that movie audiences are stupid. He's willing, you know, he makes three hour long movies that you really have to pay attention to. Yes, you do. That's what makes the tenant so hard because they keep going back and forth, back and forth. But, I mean, there's nothing, honestly, though, with that movie, there's nothing really to grab onto, like, in terms of, there's the initial... And you don't like the main character that much. Yeah, he doesn't even have a name. He's, He's the protagonist. Yeah. Um, Are we artsy? Yeah, it's real, like, that, yeah, like, stuff like that. It almost feels like he was just, he was, like, kind of turning into a college student. 
writing yeah. that movie. Like, I'm so, I've got all these philosophical ideas, and my character isn't even gonna have a name. He's he's gonna be the protagonist. Ugh. We want Cooper. <laughs> we want Matthew McConaughey. We're Killian Murphy. Someone with a name. An actual human being. <laughs> um. Oh. There's a lot of things I like about this movie, but I guess maybe the last thing I'll highlight, the thing that I really, really love about the movie is the the score, the music. Uh, Once again, I just don't notice those kind of things, but I would notice it if it was missing. Right. I mean... Because I don't... Like, I can't think about it. I, I couldn't tell you if it was good. I mean, it's it's good because I didn't pay attention to it. The only time I can tell, like, I'd pay attention to the score is like, well, this is awful. bad... Yeah, because then it just stands out. Like, like we've seen movies where it's just like a serious moment, but they're going doopa doopa doopa, and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck? This no, doesn't but, match." No, but yeah, the music in this film, honestly, it might be my favorite score from a movie of from the last decade. That's some cinephile shit. To have a favorite score. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. That's that's me. I pay attention to film music, even you know, more because than I feel your like average cinephile. because I feel like no, not more than the average cinephile. But I feel like today's a lot of movies like they don't care about the score. No, because the general public doesn't, and that's you just have to make it really, good enough. It's really sad to me because I feel like film music, the score is one of the most integral parts. Of a movie, it establishes mood, emotion. But at this point, it's like so many of the scores have been done that you're just kind of redoing the same score but change it a little bit. I mean, that's why I really liked this score. It was very unique, very interesting. There's like use of like the church organ a little bit, hmm. um, which is kind of a it, very interesting. Gives it an interesting sound, like it's sort of like. Godlike sound, almost. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's a great score. It's done by the great Hans Zimmer, who's scored many many films over yes. these last few I years. That uh, he did all the the Dark Knight movies. He was he worked with Christopher Nolan a lot up until uh, Tenet, um, because. Uh, Hans Zimmer is doing the score for the Dune movies. Mm. Um, apparently, Hans Zimmer is a, is a big fan of Dune, so he was really excited to take Dude. on those projects. So he had to turn down Tenet and Oppenheimer. Oh, that's sad. But Oppenheimer has a good one. Oppenheimer so has a really good score. Whoever they found for Oppenheimer was good. I believe it's the same composer as the person who did Tenet. Oh, they just did a better job? <laughs> I think, yeah, the score for Oppenheimer is much better than better the score movie, for... Better probably just easier to make a good score for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Oppenheimer. Great film. Everybody should see it. Yes. So what was your favorite scene, though? My favorite scene. <sighs> Tell My favorite scene Matthew is when they, go, when they go through the... Uh, what did you say? Matt, or not, uh, Matt Damon. That's my favorite. Because you just hate him so much. If I'm uh, going by like, oh, look, I like the war- black hole scene. The black hole? 
That's a great scene. That's just like, just thinking about it is just scary. I think Nolan should make a horror movie. Because a lot of, he has scenes in his movies that are scarier than any yeah, horror movie just, that I've seen. I don't know. I feel like he'd go too artsy fartsy on a horror. Like, it'd be so. Christopher Nolan, you'd be like, this isn't scary anymore. I don't know. Because it's, like, it's making me think, and, like, during a horror movie, you're supposed to be, like, like thinking, but also, like, the way you get scared is you get caught off guard because know, you're the, distracted. The Shining is one of the greatest horror movies of all time, and that's a very artsy movie. Yeah. I don't even mean artsy. I just mean Nolan-y. Like, there's yeah, this Christopher I mean, nolan this that I just don't think would pass over into horror. It works in these kind of films because they're, like, scenarios where it's... Like it's really real, where it's relatable, relatable, and the whole movie wasn't scary, so this moment sticks out. But if the whole movie is supposed to be spooky, like I just feel like he would make a creature and you'd never see it. It would just be like kind of annoying. <laughs> You're like, I just. So like, he would definitely make it would be more on the psychological side. Yeah, it'd be sure. just like, which is I would prefer. He'd that. make like the happening, but like try to make it good. Oh god, I don't know if he'd go that far. Honestly, it's the air. I want Nolan to make a more modestly budgeted movie. I don't think he could do it. I think he's so point, used to his these stage massive in his budgets. Like, he's just mind... Because he'd want to do something, and they'd be like, we don't have the budget for that. He's and he'd be like, what? <laughs> it's pretty interesting to see how he started. He started with no budget movie making. They all do. His first movie had, like, no budget at all. And then each movie, uh, like, his earlier stuff was more modest, modestly budgeted, like Memento. I'll show you that movie one day. Have you ever seen Memento? Yeah, I've never heard of it. Memento is a fantastic movie. It might be, it might be his best. Surprised he didn't show it to me first. Hmm. I don't know, because I felt like this movie sort of fits more in the Oppenheimer mold. Because I kind of wanted to watch something to kind of commemorate the release of that. Because. Uh, you know, we announced that like three months ago or whatever, <laughs> when I don't even think Oppenheimer was out yet. I think like a month ago. I don't no, know, three a month months. and a half or so. But yeah, um, yeah, this movie, you know, it's, it's his big, one of his bigger budgeted movies. So your favorite scene is the wormhole scene, though? You really attach to that one. Well, it's, it's, I mean. It's trippy. It's such a interesting scene and the way it, it 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 looks and then this i like when they uh right before they go into the wormhole actually there's a scene where they're like they're blasting off from earth from earth's orbit and you see earth like below them it's just a i don't know this isn't a visual that really like stuck out to me because it looked like a picture of Earth. Or it looked like they were actually outside of Earth. It looked so real mm. to me. But then the the wormhole, just as a concept and the way that it looks, it's so like it would be so incomprehensible to us. Yeah. And the way like the it's only like a bubble I, in space. The only thing I don't like is the way that the guy explains the wormhole. Because it's the exact same explanation as another movie, which I hate. <laughs> a movie called Event Horizon, um, 
which is a horror movie, actually. It's a horror sci-fi movie. Uh, in that movie, Sam Neill, the guy from Jurassic Park, explains going through a wormhole or going through, like, a black hole the exact same way. Well, maybe it's the actual which the is, scientific explanation. So there's It's probably really the no way easiest to... way to explain it. Uh, it's Without us actually knowing about basically it. Basically, what, what he does is, like, he takes a piece of paper... And a pencil. He folds the piece of paper, and he pokes a hole through. Yeah, you see, they've done it. In a, they've done that explanation in a bunch of movies. This is kind of like a generic or television show. It's just like it. I don't know. It feels very standard. I almost would prefer if they didn't explain it at all, and they just went oh, they through the. To. Because Matthew McConaughey is like, what? <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Because this is like this bubble floating. It's like we're gonna go through that. <laughs> we're gonna go through that bubble. And it's cool when you find out that Matthew McConaughey is also the, the, the the being that shakes yeah, yeah. Anne Hathaway's hand Who when she, she reaches out. Yeah, he's just like, that's a really cool scene. Because <laughs> he travels through time and like the way they're experiencing it all. I don't know. It's just like the concepts in this movie are just really interesting to me. I'm not like a science nerd or anything. But I love science fiction, and I love when science fiction actually is trying to be believable mm-hmm. and realistic. You're like Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a scientist. I know, but he likes his sciencey movies. His sci- yeah, science fiction movies be more grounded, believable. Yeah. So what is your biggest complaint? Well, I mean, there are a few elements that are underwritten, like the stuff with Anne Hathaway's character. I feel like her character is kind of underwritten in general. Um, Who's? Anne Hathaway. Oh. I mean, she has the the speech about love, um, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. Because um, she feels she seems like a very practical person at first, who doesn't care about love, who cares about the mission, and then she just starts talking about well, love is like this un is this quantifiable thing. Like, okay, where is this coming from? Yeah. Um. And then yeah, some of like the world building stuff is a little underdeveloped. Could maybe use a little bit more explanation on, like, what happened to the rest of the world, how they're dealing with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's my my biggest complaint too. As I said in the beginning, the the sun. Uh, I feel like the sun is just an afterthought. Casey Affleck's character, who at first is Timothy Chalamet. Timothee Chalamet, or however you say his name. Rude. Racist. <laughs> against, know, like, kidding. the whitest guy ever. <laughs> yes. You can be racist against the whites. Yes, you can. Even though no one cares about the whites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to get South Park. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like his character... Yeah, he's kind of there. He gets the shaft. And he's just... He gets the one emotional moment with the, the video scene. The message scene. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. Then after that, it's like you're almost sort of meant to hate him because he's kind of a dumbass. 
he like is actively killing his children. Yeah. By staying in the staying at the farm, mm-hmm. he assaults Topher Grace. He just seems like a guy who's just beaten down. Yeah. And doesn't know how to stop it or fix it. He's just kind of giving up. He's going through the motions. Uh, his sister burns his crops. Well, just she like starts land. a fire to get him distracted so that she can go pull rescue his, his wife and kids, which then he would probably follow to get. And by then they'd just be trapped with NASA. Um, but then that's when she starts seeing like the whole like dad sending messages things. And they figure out the equation. She figures out the equation. Um. So what is your rating for this movie, Lee? I mean, I, mean, I can kind of guess. Really? Well, well I don't so? think you're going to give it a two. Well, no, no. Really? I, I mean, you're going to give it a two It's going to be eight, at eight plus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right about <laughs> that. Um. So we we talked a lot about this movie, and yet I still feel like we skipped over a lot. Um, actually, no. No, we. I feel like I we covered the. This is one of the better plot synopsises we've done. Because we actually basically talked about the whole movie, and we both liked it. So it's easier. I'm to surprised talk about. you liked. It. I actually didn't think you were gonna like it a lot, like it very much, because it is a very heavy movie. I liked Oppenheimer. Well, that because you're a history guy. True. I like sci-fi, I like science-y. But, I don't know. I, I just he... never saw this because it was like 2014 Sterling and a like three-hour fucking science movie sounded like a lot. Science fiction movie, yeah. And it was a lot for a lot of people. I mean, this movie wasn't a huge flop, but it wasn't like one of Christopher Nolan's like most successful movies, I don't think. No, it, it got talked about more... Over time, over time, it became more popular because it's a movie. Because once, it, like, once it came, you can watch it on you can watch it on streaming or Blu-ray or DVD. Um, you can f- fast forward. You can go back. You know, if you miss something, yeah, you because there's a lot to <laughs> pick up on in this movie. There is, and that's you know that's what I really love about Nolan's movies is that he his movies are dense with they material. Really are. Really are, but yeah. it's not like annoyingly so. Sometimes Tenant, but Tenant was seems a, like he's able to do it pretty, pretty well. Often. I think, I think I might have read something that where he said like he was a little disappointed with how with how uh, Tenant turned out. It ruined his relationship with uh, Warner Brothers. Why? Because they were mad about it, or? Well, because he was mad. Nolan, it was actually Nolan who was super pissed off at Warner Brothers. Um, they This is when HBO Max launched. Oh, and they really wanted it there. And they uh, did the thing where they were releasing movies simultaneously in theaters. I'm glad they don't do that anymore. And on streaming. And it killed a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, a lot of their movies that ended up flopping because people were like, well, well, I'll just watch it on the streaming platform. For $7. Um, so no one was really pissed off about that. Um, he should have just waited, though, until, like, I don't know, until 2021 to release it. Because Tenet was a big flop. Yeah. 
but every movie that came out in 2020 was pretty much a flop, except everything that came out before the shutdowns, like Bad Boys, came out that year. The biggest uh, movie of that year. Yep. Because it was the last one. By default. Because it was like the last one to actually have people be able to go see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then what we know what happens. The C word. Yes. So, back to Interstellar to <laughs> wrap up. Uh, this is a... It's an, amb- it's an extremely ambitious movie. Uh, it's... One of the most, probably one of the most beautifully shot movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best special effects I've ever seen. Um, it's just, uh, it's it's hard to just kind of sum up in one sentence. Like, it's really, a, it's an experience. It's a movie really, that a movie that kind of just like, you kind of have to just let wash over you and you immerse yourself in. It's an immersive experience. Yeah. Uh, so, with that, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I give it a 2. No. <laughs> it's a little surprising. I was, I was expecting a 9 because I as well give it an 8 out of 10. I mean, there's, it's flawed in quite a few aspects. Not a few aspects, but it's it's flawed in certain places where it counts. Uh, it all it reminds me honestly of Steven Spielberg uh, Steven Spielberg movie called uh, AI Artificial Intelligence. Isn't that the the movie with Haley Joel Osment? Yeah, that weird ass movie. I I saw it in theaters. That's another movie that I actually really I really love. Um, the ending's kind of weird. The ending's extremely weird and complicated, but uh, I really I I I love that movie, and I feel like because well, I probably should have mentioned this earlier in the podcast. This movie, Interstellar, was actually meant to be. A Spielberg movie. It was originally going to be a Spielberg movie. I'm glad it wasn't. Well, I mean... I just think he would have gone way too into, like... The love stuff? Well, I would have liked that, but... the He would have made it more... Spacey. Like, this was... Sp- oh, he would have been, it, like, way more shots of the planets well, and the... I heard, like... I read something that, like, the original script... Uh, that was written for him, his version, is completely different. Yeah, than we this the movie would have opened up and we would have seen scenes of war and famine and like Earth 26. He would have done that. Probably, yeah. The year is 2067. Food is nearly exhausted. And there's like more wormholes, I think, in his version. There's not just the one. So they have to pick one. That's, sounds like his movie would have been and, seven hours long. And I think uh, I also read. The Chinese government actually plays a major role. Because he was going to get that story. Chinese funding. Well, this was before. This was like in, all the way back in like 2006. Oh, that's weird. So Maybe this, he saw it on the horizon. Movie, he wanted to appeal to them early. This movie was, I don't know. 
Why else make Chinese China, a giant part of it? Because China has probably the biggest space program next to ours. Sure, but... So they would also be probably... I guess maybe the, to, the humanity wasn't as dead in his movie yet. Yeah. And like they go like a lot farther into the future. Yeah. Um, you act- I think you actually see... Like alien creatures and stuff. No, oh, that would have been terrible. Not terrible, but not this movie. Yeah, the original script was written by uh, Christopher Nolan's brother, Jonathan Nolan. And uh, when uh, Spielberg basically passed on the project or got caught up with other projects, uh, Jonathan was like, hey, my brother can do it. And so uh, Christopher Nolan rewrote the script, the original script, I think with his brother. They both rewrote it, and it's a completely different movie. It fits more, I think, with, with Nolan. Nolan's style. I can see that, I can see that, I can see that. So, yeah. All right, well, it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of our longer podcasts. might be... Not only it's the longest. No, we've gone over a full hour and 30 before. Um, but uh, I almost forgot. <laughs> you forgot to pick, to a, pick movie. a movie. But I had a couple in uh, the running. Oh, God. I think after this movie with such a like serious tone and all this, we need a bit of a silliness. Oh, God. So I think we're going to watch... We're going to do it. We're going to watch Volcano. We're going to watch Volcano. With Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. That movie is fucking ridiculous. I want to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch that movie. I want to show. I want to see Lee's reaction to that movie. Because this is. That movie is a childhood favorite of mine. I love Volcano. Just like I like. um, What's the one where they go to the center of the earth? To get it jump started again, remember when the the core stopped spinning? Oh, the core. The core, yeah. I love those. I love those movies. That I movie. like Deep Impact. I liked those like Deep Impact. Those weird uh, uh, the fucking Armageddon. Armageddon. I love those movies. Those movies were like there's an apocalyptic event and they have to stop it. <laughs> it's in the most like ridiculous ways. way possible get a bunch of fire trucks we're gonna really go into earth's core cause that's not impossible and we're gonna, do, we're gonna restart the, co- the core like a heart <laughs> my god and then realize those movies are good. so dumb I love Army. he's got space coat he's Madness. got space dimension space dimension <laughs> it's so dumb it's Did you, have you seen cowboys Space Cowboys? Space Cowboys? Yes, I've seen Fuck Space you, Cowboys. Lee, man. That's a great movie, too. That is actually a legitimately good movie. That's that was fun. not a dumb movie. It's so weird that they have to pick these. <laughs> that movie's weird. We'll talk about that more next Although, week. Although, I guess, yeah, the, the initial concept is pretty dumb. Like, they, they have, have to pick the old men to the send to the guy. mission? Clint Eastwood, James Garner, Tommy Lee Jones. But it makes for a great Donald movie. Sutherland. God. That was right before they all got too old. Mm-hmm. Now they're too old. That was, like, in the early 2000s. Ugh. Be yes. attacked by Sterling's dog right now. <laughs> She's trying to give him keys. But yes, we'll be watching Volcano. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please, like I said in the beginning and I say at the end of all these podcasts, please 
follow us follow us on any whatever service that you listen to us on give us a rating hopefully a positive one uh leave us a review we'd love to see some comments we'd love to see what you like about the podcast what you don't like about the podcast we'd love to see some movie suggestions of movies you think we should watch or if we have seen them please go check out our huge library of uh, podcasts now at this point we're at 114 soon to be 125 that's crazy um Please follow us on Instagram at It's Not the Worst Movie Ever Podcast. In the bio, you'll find a link to our episodes. You'll also find a link to my personal Instagram where you'll, um, if you go there, please follow me on TikTok at Hammer Books. You'll also find my dog's Instagram and TikTok handles there. Um, I post dog content and I post reviews of books and figurines and magic cards, you know, nerdy, McNerdy, nerdy shit. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We hope you have a great week and we will see you next time. Catch you later. Slick. Ah!